hey, there's a chance we'll be using our grown-up language in this episode. So if you have little kids around, you might want headphones. You might also want a stiff drink. Hey, I'm not judging. Please parent responsibly. Hi, this is Adam. And this is Lisa. And this is Designated Parent. A podcast where we look at children's programming through the lens of adult beverages. Cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, we've got some fancier glasses tonight. We're so. back to our old bongy glasses, because I thought we were down to one, and then I found one. Really? Yes. Where was it? Like, it was, up in the closet somewhere? Yeah, it was, like, on our shelves, but it was in a weird place, mm. like, behind vases and, like, all by itself. And so I was, like, cleaning out, and I was like, wait a minute. Look at you, spotty. So I must have glass. like started with a set of four, mm-hmm. and then three, then three, now two, and now two, and then there and now one. when I break one of these, then it really will just be one. <laughs> but... So how's your week going this week? Good, uh, good. Um, I'm doing summer reading at the library, mm-hmm. and also uh, this bookstore in LA that specializes in romance novels. Sure. They're called the Rip Bodice. They do a bingo card every summer. Nice. And it's full of like uh very funny like romance tropes. Like one of them is like protagonist smells like freshly baked bread. <laughs> or like nice. tattoos or karaoke or uh yeah. demigods. And you're like, "Okay, let's do it." Yeah. So I'm uh working my way through romance uh novel bingo and i'm enjoying it good for you i'm i'm reading which is nice it's nice to read for fun yeah i'm reading dune Ugh. and again our tastes are so different aren't they <laughs> um i'm gonna get through that book before the movie comes out that's mm-hmm. my goal um or i'm gonna die trying and I very well may. You might. You might die. It's a possibility. Who even knows? Um, I've talked to like four different people that have read it, and they've given me different parts that it gets good at. Have you been through all of those parts and it's still not good? I am at my last one. The okay. last three were like, okay, yeah, it's getting it's better. It's getting better. It's getting better. It's, I, I see we're building. It's just a real slow burn. Yeah, so slow burn in the beginnings. Slow burns are tricky because sometimes... Sometimes it's good and you're like, all that anticipation is building the drama and it's, you know, like, and you're here for it. But sometimes it's, you're breadcrumbing out too far and yeah. you lose me. Well, it's all world building. Mm-hmm. It's like fantasy, sci-fi, you know, stuff. And it's just... You normally are real here for world, world I am, building. I am, but it's just like, okay, like any minute now, let's, we can have let's any get plot. this on the road. You know, and I, I'm I'm good for world building that kind of goes as it does. But like when someone's just sitting there talking to the camera, mm-hmm. I'm like, come on now. Like, yeah. like explain as you go world building as opposed to. Yeah. Like show don't tell. Yes. Having a lecture about mm-hmm. this society. And you're like, I'm not majoring in this made up society, bro. Like, I don't. I, I'm not auditing this class. I, yeah. I don't, I don't need to attend your TED talk. So. Anyway, but we'll we'll see. It's going to be a movie this fall, so hopefully it'll be mm-hmm. better than the. It it has to be. <laughs> it, like well, it the movie will have a a set time associated with it. In other words, 
somewhere under four hours. Right, probably. That'll be good. Well, I hope you enjoy your book. I do, but and also, you as well. I give you permission to stop reading things you don't enjoy. I do, I do. I've abandoned uh, two or three books this year so far, so you know that's fine. It's yeah, it's my right as a reader. It is, it and is, a, and a critic. Yeah, so that's and what we're doing critic. is our um, our library summer reading. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, what else is going on? Oh gosh, I don't even know. We're just having it. fun. We're starting to just go out and have fun with people and see mm-hmm. people again and hang out. Hang and... out with the neighbors. Yeah. Our daughter has started a like kids club for kids in the neighborhood. She had three takers today. And she's like, just come over and hang out and we'll play outside. Yeah. So I just want to meet new people. Mm-hmm. She does. And that and also she, what to do. Yes, yeah, she also wants to be in charge of them. That's really <laughs> the crux so we'll see we'll mm. see how this all pans out uh yeah but my week is good yeah fantastic so we did watch a movie we did we watched uh um i'm gonna say not the greatest movie 1991 had to offer i don't even remember what other movies came out in 1991 it did not do this research no um but no no the 1991 classic <laughs> The Rocketeer. Now, um, my son got way down a rabbit hole. He's like, how old were you in 1991? I was like, well, I was 10 most of the time, and then I turned 11. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I turned I turned 11 at the end of mm-hmm. 91. Um, and so, he's like, okay, okay. So you were, what was happening in the world? He's like, what do you remember happening in 1991? I'm like, what do you remember happening when you were 10? And he's like, I mean, pandemic. I'm like, no, you're 11. Try again. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, right. Like, no, like but, nothing. Uh, like I just... played games. I hung out with my friends. Um, I mean, I remember the fall of the Berlin wall and that was in 1989. Yeah. And I remember, um, the punky Brewster episode about the challenger explosion. No, I don't I remember do. that at all. I don't remember I the remember, actual explosion, but I remember the Punky Brewster. I remember Brewster the Punky episode. Brewster episode about the girl hiding in the fridge. Oh, yeah. I was. I remember that one. That's a fear that I've never really had to face in real life. Yeah. But thanks for that. Daytime <laughs> TV. Yes, the 90s prepared me with for so many uh, problems that it turns out I didn't have to face. But that's okay. okay. Um, I remember that, and I remember... Um, I don't remember much else though. Maybe the like fall of the apartheid. Maybe, I don't know. But that's it. It was, uh, you know, I was eleven, mm-hmm. ten, eleven years old. I don't care. Like, you know, uh, what was for dinner? Did I have ice cream for dessert? Like, mm-hmm. those are my concerns in life. Am I allowed to buy a whole like uh, hubba bubba tape of bubble gum? Remember that? Oh yeah. Bubble gum comes in, like a tape. Bubble tape. <laughs> bubble yeah. tape. And uh, Big League Chew, remember Big League Chew? That mm-hmm. was uh, that was the big thing. Like, do you get the bubble tape or the Big League Chew? Those always. Were, I got the bubble tape. It depended if, if I was going to baseball. If I was going to t-ball, you had to have the chew. Yeah. Did you play t-ball? I, two seasons. Okay. I was terrible, and I I uh, can see that about you, which is why I was surprised you played it all. Yep. Yep. No, I I don't know why. I think my family had a very. Uh, try to get these kids to be somewhat athletic little blip. Right, like, let's try. And turns out that was a fool's errand. 
So you know what? Now you know. And I started playing viola, and it's all downhill from there. <laughs> I mean, you can always like pick up t-ball now if you want. It won't be weird at all. Honestly, there should be like adult t-ball. Adult t-ball league. Like, there's adult softball, and that's okay. Right, right. There's adult softball. There's adult like all kinds of rec leagues. There should be one for t-ball. I saw adult wiffle ball, adult kickball. That's close. Dodgeball. Wiffle ball is close. Like we're all in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like just just go right at it. Get a tea set up. And also the best part about a tea being set up, you can drink a lot more and still participate. It's true. <laughs> like it'd be great. Somebody get on that. Make that mm-hmm. happen. I'll sign up. So anyway, so uh, we watched this movie. This is. Uh, a movie that, for reasons, I want to star Brendan Fraser. It has a real Brendan Fraser the Mummy vibe. Yes. Where it has that, like, fake, uh, nostalgic view of, like, nineteen late 1930s, early 1940s. Yeah, this would have been a perfect Brendan Fraser film. It's, it's true. not. It's not. It's not Brendan a Brendan Fraser, Fraser film. It's not appearing in this film. <laughs> A lot of pretty respectable people are. Yes. Uh, yes. Alan Alda's in this. Um, I don't know who he is. Uh, PV. He's okay. from Nash. Yes. Um, the uh, Jennifer Conley's in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Timothy Dalton. Yeah, former Bond and future Time Lord Timothy Dalton is in this. Oh, okay. You didn't know that about him? No. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's he, one of the... He's one of the Time Lords. The Time Lords. He's not the not Doctor. Not Doctor Who. He's not the Doctor. He's, uh, he's the other Time Lord who's like, you're going about all that's wrong, Doctor Who. Yes. The humans are bad. And he's like, I mean, don't destroy the Earth. It's where I keep all my stuff. Like... My friends and my, you know... Yeah. Spare change. Right. He's like, I mean, it's like my thing. Like, you go, like, screw the universe. But, like... Leave I, me this. I got this part. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, he's in that as well. But mm-hmm. anyway... But yeah, it's a pretty impressive little film. Uh, it is, like you said, a period piece set in 1939. 1939. The cusp of the Second World War. Okay. Um, and so, it, a fact which is only kind of... Uh, it's, it gets important, but like... No one's really talking about it at the beginning of the movie. But, right. Um, you know, 1939 is... It's a tumultuous time in the world. Yeah, it's it's dicey. And so we meet our hero, mm-hmm. who is attempting to fly a uh, racing plane. His name's Cliff. Cliff. Clifford. Clifford. He's trying to play, fly this plane around and, and test it out and make sure it's okay. When he comes across a car chase. Yes. Like a, like a real Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. Like car chase. Where there are cars and there are people like leaning out of the windows, shooting at each other. Somebody's got a Tommy gun. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's a very. Okay, we're gonna take a little pause and uh, talk about the this movie's rating. Yes, this is a 1991. This was rated PG for uh, tobacco and alcohol use. Yes, depictions of tobacco and alcohol. T- depictions use. of of. Uh, yeah, tobacco and alcohol use. In this opening scene, you see a dead body. At least two people get murdered in the first five minutes. <laughs> like. And my son was like, this is a PG movie? And I'm like, yep. And they're like, they were most concerned about 
tobacco use i was like i mean just say no to drugs <laughs> like, puritans are weird y'all he's like what about just say no to murder <laughs> also that yeah also that is, say no to murder guys. so this has been a, a relatively common topic that the mpa rating system is bonkers when it comes to violence mm-hmm. but as soon as you like you smoke. You smoke or drink. You have any kind of sex. Uh, don't even think about showing a boob. Right. Like, it just... Even, like, in a breastfeeding situation. Right. <laughs> like, like in, a, in a very non-sexual situation. It will instantly just jump up. Right. And, you know, it's just like, okay, well, I mean, that's what Americans are afraid of. We're, mm-hmm. we, we're cool with guns, but let's not talk about... All the murdering's fine, but, like, don't drink. Don't drink and don't don't have bodies. Yes. <laughs> as long as those bodies are dead, it's fine. That's true. That's true. But then they're not your body. They're just right. they go so back anyway, to the galaxy. Car chase, like a very uh, mm. Bonnie Clyde, Bonnie Clyde, uh, you know, bank robber, gangster mm-hmm. uh, car chase. And they like they go in and out of the front car, which is the bad guys talking about trying to get away, and the. Back car, mm-hmm. which is the feds, the FBI, right? Trying to who are just basically swearing at the middle car, which is cops. Oh, okay. Yes. Like trying to get them out of the way, and then they finally get shot and go off into a field. And he's like, oh, "I guess you got what you wished for," and they're able to chase him. Straight bullets during this though hit the plane, mm-hmm. and oil flies everywhere, right? And it crashes the plane because it wasn't like a bomber. It wasn't meant to, no. you know handle <laughs> gunshots and holes in the fuselage no no it takes two bullets to the engine it's done right. so it's so now cliff is trying to fly blind because he's all covered in oil and he's trying to get back to the runway right he has no engine essentially he's a he's a really lousy glider mm-hmm. and of all the places that they could take this chase they take it into the hangar right right on the runway and the the one guy who's not dead in the bad guy car stashes something mm-hmm. in the hangar and wraps up a vacuum cleaner and puts it with his his dead buddy. Right, in the case. In the case. And then drives out. And right before, you know, there's a crash between the plane and the car. He's on the runway. The plane's coming in for a landing. He's trying to escape. Runs into the plane, which then Ex- which the then plane skitters off, crashes, catches on fire. The it's- car crashes into the fuel truck. Right. Okay. I thought the plane crashed into the fuel truck. No, something because, definitely crashed into the fuel yeah, truck. It's though. the car. the The one bad guy driving jumps out of the car right before it crashes into the plane, and then into the fuel truck and blows everything up, and everything catches on fire, and whatever was in the back, along with the buddy, is burnt to a crisp and unrecognizable. Meanwhile, Cliff has to get out of his plane real quick because it is also on fire. Right. Lots of fire. Lots of fire. And everybody's really cranked in high emotions mm-hmm. when the feds show up and are like, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, what What are you doing? What are like, you doing? You, like, this is a private airfield. You ran into my airfield, into my plane. like Into my fuel truck. Into my fuel truck. What the fuck are you doing, sir? Yeah. And so they kind of secure the area. Um... Find the wreckage of mm-hmm. this um, 
the vacuum cleaner. Well, it, that the guys a, we know it's a vacuum away. cleaner. Yeah. But they don't know it's a vacuum cleaner. They're looking for a jet pack. Right. They're like, I but guess they don't, this is it. They don't say what they're looking for, though. No, they're like, well, did you find the gizmo? It's the like, thing? I think so. I think kind that's of burnt it. up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take it back. And um, that's, you know, kind of the end of that scene. Um, they do have a big argument with the feds about, like, hey, this is our livelihood. Like, you, like, th- none of this was our fault. Like, what what do we do? And he's like, take it up with Uncle Sam. You know, like, like wait 80 years and you'll find out about adverse possession. And, like, yeah, we just own this airfield now. But you're lucky. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah, take it up with Uncle Sam. They'll take years. Yeah, probably, if you're lucky. Yeah. You know, like, not my problem. Not my problem. Bye. They're like real assholes. Oh, yeah, totally. And I was assholes. like, mm, kind of, I feel like we were rooting for the wrong guys. I mean, I'm going to say this is a movie where everybody's kind of an idiot and or asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has some real questionable and not in decisions. a and not in a everyone is nuanced and no one is all good or all bad kind of way just like everybody <laughs> just in is a, like 100 poor, yeah. poor storytelling way <laughs> like everybody is 100 just looking out for their own self-interests and oblivious to the lives and needs of others it's not great it's not yeah, a great look it's okay it's okay so the one guy uh they did end up capturing mm-hmm. but he's super super hurt so he has to go to the hospital wing of the prison. Right. Or the prison wing of the hospital. I don't know. Yeah. What, like... One of the two. Either or. It's it's a little unclear. So. We do flash to uh, a hangar. Mm-hmm. Where we meet Howard Hughes. Yes. The one. The only. The one and only Howard Hughes. Played by... Um, I don't know. Is it the guy who also played Tony Stark? No. No, not at <laughs> Cause all. Because not Tony Stark, but Howard, like Howard, Howard Stark. Stark. No, not at all. Uh, it's played by uh, Terry O'Quinn from Lost. He was bald. I didn't watch Lost. It was, I mean, he was an interesting character. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. But, but... anyway. Um, and Howard's just like, listen, that was the only prototype we had left. The other two exploded. The X3 was our only shot. I'm right. not building an X4 because I lost two good pilots. Right, in testing, if this isn't worth it. Like, like we, we, no. Like, what are we going to tell the president? And be like, tell the president, Howard Hughes says to fuck off. <laughs> Which is ballsy. More or less. Yeah, like, basically. He says, like, tell, PG-13 tell, tell him I said no. Yeah, because he's uh, smoking, so it's a PG-13. Right, and he throws the plans into the fire. Mm-hmm. So then we're back at the airport. Um, mm-hmm. The owner of the airport airfield's like, hey, listen, since you can't race and get the money... Uh, to pay for your fees and for blowing up my goddamn truck. They're like, that was the feds. He's like, yeah, but they're not here and you are. Um, I'm going to need you to do the clown show for the air show. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't do the clown show anymore. And he's like, yeah, well. Well, we're back to doing the clown show. So, so you know, either do it or, you know, get the fuck out. Like, you owe me money. So you're going to do the clown show. And they're fine. We'll do the clown show. Um, and... Cliff goes to jump in the plane, only there's something under his seat. Mm-hmm. And he finds... Finds the jetpack. Yep. And he's like, this is weird. What I is sh- this? I should immediately start mashing buttons. Right. It looks like it looks like a jetpack. Well, I mean, it does now. Right. But they didn't have jet engines in 1939, so... Who knows? Yeah. And so he pushes a button, and 
the thing comes alive and like bounces all around the hangar. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh shit. Should have burned the place down, mm-hmm. judging by its behavior in later scenes, but, but just manages to kind of lodge itself in the floorboards and they turn it off and they're like, the fucking hell is that? Mm-hmm. Like, PV, his, his older experienced mentor is just like, yeah. Who's also like an engineering genius. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's not okay. And he's like, that's awesome. I want to strap it to my body and see what happens. Right. This guy is... Uh, not risk adverse enough not, to survive. Yeah. Yeah, not risk adverse enough. No. He's like the John Glenn <laughs> of 1939, which there probably was John Glenn in 1939. Yeah. Man's real old. Yeah. And so uh, their next thought is... We should go get a statue. So they cut down like the founder statue from City Square or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're bringing that in. And that's when we get another cut with Timothy Dalton. With Timothy Dalton, who is an actor. Actor. He's in um, the Enos House. Mm-hmm. E-N-N-I-S. Get your minds out of the gutter. I mean, sure. Um, E-N-N-I-S. It's a very famous house. It is a very famous house. It's, in L.A. Yeah, it's been in a lot of movies. It has a pedigree stretching back into the 30s. It has a real, real distinct Art Deco style. Oh, uh, so distinct. It's gorgeous. I love it. I mean, it. if you're like, I want to look like an immortal vampire with taste. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> Drusilla, it's, Harmony, and Spike lived in it in uh, yeah. the Buffy sh- it's, show. It has a real, like... I have taste, but I'm also a vampire. Yeah, vibe. it's got that. Also, it has uh, it was in uh, Westworld and Blade Runner. If you happen to be a robot, so so many dystopian uh, fantasies. Yeah, that this house lives in. Yeah, it is. Um, oh my gosh, it's been in so many things. Like, does anybody live there, or is it just a prop? I think it's a like historical prop house now. No, yeah. But it's, like, it's essentially a museum. It's essentially a museum but you can rent it out for shows. Mm-hmm. As long as you promise not to break it. Right. And they take all they take all the important shit out. <laughs> they let you put like regular books in. Yeah, maybe. So uh, he's there. Timothy Dalton whose name is Neville. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is British because of course he is because Timmy fucking Dalton. I mean, if you get Timothy Dalton and you make him be like American or Australian, like why? Why did, why did you pay for Dalton? <laughs> Like, what, what, why? <laughs> you basically are like, uh, I need somebody who can chew up the scenery Britishly. Right. What's Timothy Dalton up to? Yeah, that'll do it. That's perfect. And this was after he was Bond. Yeah, yeah. Way after. Mm-hmm. Um, this was during the, um, this would have been around the time of um, the Pierce Brosnan Bond. The very first Pierce Brosnan yeah. Bonds, maybe. Well, yeah. I think he was later. I don't know. Uh, it's about right then. So, this is, you know. There, anyway, um, and he's meeting with some gangsters about their failure to secure the package mm-hmm. and his very high level of annoyance with that. And right, so his um, whatever his people are gangsters, Mr. Valentine, mm-hmm. and arguably the people that work for him are gangsters. Right, the, yes, the people that work for him are gangsters, and they they're not the ones who are in the chase. They're the ones who are the boss of the people in the chase. Right, right. Um, so he's like, where's my stuff? And he's like, uh, so, you know, I, I 
I, put, I didn't realize it was that hot. Right. Like, I put four guys on this. Only one came back and he's in the hospital. But, like, I trust him. I, like, he stashed it somewhere and we'll figure it out. Um, and Timothy Dalton is like, I need to know where he is. You know, like, yeah. like if you can't, you know, you got to do, do everything yourself. Blah, 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 blah. He's also wielding a sword. He's, like, fencing with himself in his very fancy house. Right. I think he's practicing for a movie. Because he's kind of an Errol Flynn character in mm-hmm. this. Um, so would you practice for a movie by yourself in your house where you could, like, break all of your shit? Or would you practice with, like, a professional in, like, a fencing arena? So, first off, his ego is big enough that <laughs> he cannot learn from a professional and most assuredly not break his shit because he's that good. Right, he's so good. But then he doesn't need to practice. What plan. is he doing? He's flexing. He's flexing. He's flexing on the gangsters who have guns. Because he has a sword. He brought a literal knife to a gunfight. But he ends up with the upper hand, so... He does, through much flourish, where he has this, like, I'm gonna say, real ugly arrangement of calla lilies. It was the 30s. Ugh. Okay, I like calla lilies. They're a very pretty flower. The problem is their stalks just look like celery. So if you have a lot of, if you have like a real long stalk and then the flower, it's like, why the fuck is all this celery in a vase? Yeah. But he, uh, he after threatening his, his cohorts. Chops off all the flowers in like one fell swoop. All the flower heads. Which also makes Cal-lily sense. Calla lily heads go everywhere. <laughs> which also makes sense because they're, they don't flop. Right. You can cut through them real nice with a flourish. Because it's like celery. Right. So there you go. So that's why calla lilies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so they're, so the gangsters are going to go off and, and figure out where the the jetpack went. And he's got an idea of where the fourth guy that's still alive Yeah, is. yeah. Meanwhile, Timothy Dalton's going to take uh, matters into his own hands and visit uh, the, the gentleman who uh, survived. Yep. So... Uh, we go back into a field. Cliff and PV are just driving stakes into the dirt and tying a chain to our statue mm-hmm. that they stole and strapping the jetpack to said statue. This is a real, like, small town. Yeah. Literally everyone knows you stole that statue. Oh, like, yeah, instant. Like, no questions. Th- yeah, this is not, like, a big city where you could remain anonymous. Like... Everybody's all up in each It was the business. 30s, so, like, no, at least nobody got you on camera, probably. Yes. Yes, there weren't any, like, phones. It wasn't on the ring at the, mm-hmm. uh... At but, the... but, like, literally the librarian knew. Yeah. You know, like... She was... She was... Everybody knew. Yeah, she was, like, at the library working late, drinking schnapps, and mm-hmm. was like, oh, there it went. I'll have to get those boys later when I can file a police report and not have questions. Right. So, uh, they do all that they strap the rocket pack on and they hit the go button mm-hmm. and it picks up a Casperon statue right it picks up the statue and then slams it into the dirt and breaks its head off well what happened right? it, it pulls the stake out and shoots off into the sky and mm-hmm. they're like and pv's like well good fucking riddance like that is not something sustainable yeah that was dangerous and you're an idiot and like the best thing we can do is get a couple of miles between you and that thing and it Mm -hmm. looks like we just did great i'm going home and then it like does a big loop and comes up behind them and ends up plowing into that self-same field right they run away 
from, yeah. from the statue. It's a real north by northwest moment where they're like running through a field with a <laughs> they're like ah airborne assailant, and then they dive and it crashes in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they turn off the rocket, and Cliff's like, "That's awesome. I want to play with it." Right, and PV's like, "Dear Lord, you're son. an idiot. Like, you have a death wish. Yeah, you're seeing a real nice girl." <laughs> like, <laughs> You're you're too young. Yeah, and then Cliff's like, maybe also a helmet. He's like, the no, that like all that's gonna do is keep your head and attached one to your body. So I don't have to. Well, I mean, then I don't have to look for your head and your body separately. Oh, they might be separate, but at least the face is gonna be recognizable. Right. So you know, the paperwork. But if will there's be only easier. one jetpack and you're the one on the jetpack, I yeah. don't I don't need to identify the remains. It's gonna be yeah, that was him. Are you sure? I'm very I mean, very pretty sure. sure. And so, um, so PV looks at the pack, right? And he's yeah. like, oh, it runs on alcohol, blah, 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 thing, thing, stuff, stuff. And he realizes that there's like a hole. Oh, nope, no, that's nope, later. Nope, later? Okay. So, um, this is when we skip over to Jennifer Conley. Oh, Jennifer Conley. Who? Who's an actress. Is an actress. Um, her, her name is Jenny. Mm-hmm. Real stretch there, Jennifer. Right. Also, there is a point where she calls Cliff Bill. I mean, in her his defense, he was calling her Jenny the whole time. Right. But like there there's a scene there's a scene where I'm like, I'm pretty sure she just called him Bill and not Cliff, because Bill is his real name. <laughs> right. Uh, and it stayed in. So yeah. weird. She lives at some sort of like dorm like boarding house. Yeah, so they used to just keep ladies. Ladies couldn't live alone, they couldn't own property. Because you know. Uh so like they two main issues. They couldn't. They couldn't live alone. Um, well, I guess they could live alone, but they couldn't own property. Couldn't enter into long-term contracts for right because, like, their uteruses would like freak them out. Just explode. I don't know. Yeah, they would. Yeah, if a woman makes money, their uterus just explodes, and then there's no more human race. <sighs> Be tragedy. So <laughs> anyway, so she's living in this boarding house, mm-hmm. and um. And um, Cliff comes up to pick her up for a date. Right. And they have a whole thing about, like, what movie they're going to see. He wants to see some Cagney gangster film. Right. And she's like, eh, I mean, whatever. And she's got this one film she wants to see about, like, this guy that flies over the enemy lines and gets shot down. And She wants to see a war movie. A war movie. And he wants to see a gangster movie. And it turns out, I forget who the actor is, but it was a heartthrob actor who's starring in, like, his forced war movie. And he's like, this I gotta see. Like, okay, we'll see your film. Like, he actually listens to her and does what she wants. Hmm. But she definitely had to phrase it in a way that made him him want want to to want to do that. So, you know, let's call that half a win, maybe. Was it Timothy Dalton? Or was it someone else? No, it was somebody else. Okay. Um... And they're going to see this. And as they're seeing it, there's a film film reel at the beginning for the Luxembourg, mm-hmm. which is a giant dirigible. It's a blimp. Blimp. Um, that's coming across the United States towards L.A. in an envelope of super flammable hydrogen gas. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. A lot. Did they say it was super flammable hydrogen yeah, gas? Yeah. In they, the. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. This this is very strange. Yes. So, 
We filled, I think, one blimp with hydrogen. No, we filled a lot of blimps with hydrogen. Yeah. That was the thing mm -hmm. for a while there. But then when did the Hindenburg explode? Uh, 1938. I, I want to say seven. Yeah. But it was maybe like eight. A year yeah. or two. They knew better. Yeah. After the Hindenburg explosion, they were like, oh shit. Let's, but, let's not do hydrogen anymore. Let's put a pause on this blimp thing till we figure it out. Two things. One, uh, we did a lot of ships. So Hindenburg was not the only hydrogen dirigible out there. So there's a lot of sunk cost. Right. Um, and you can't just write those off. But also, this blimp is coming through like a fucking parade. Like, this is not an yeah. act of war where the risk is worth it. This is just like... But we made this technology and it's cool. So you're saying... Freedom. So you're America. saying there's no way a privately held company <laughs> would knowingly put their customers at risk just to save money To and save money and make a buck? I see that hand. Late yeah. stage capitalism. I see that hand. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite as late, but, you know, same yeah, callous say, disregard mid, for mid human stage, life. Mid stage. So, yeah, I think... I think that's where we're at. At any rate, it makes for a good story. And it's not the Hindenburg, because it's the Luxembourg. Mm -hmm. So, it is Chekhov's dirigible at this point. Yes, yes. And the amount of times that they say that it's flammable is like 17. Yeah, like they're really <laughs> keen on the fact of making sure everybody who's everybody 10 and under... knows that this blimp is gonna explode. Somewhere. Act 1, you show the blimp. Act 3, the blimp explodes. Spoilers, it does. Spoilers, the blimp explodes. Yes, indeed. So, meanwhile, uh, Timothy Dalton calls in his goon to mm -hmm. go to the hospital and interrogate the driver. Right. Who does so, and then just basically kills him. Right. And uh, our son was like, what just happened? And I was like, oh, they murdered him. And he was like, that's like the fourth person who's died so far. Like, seriously, movie, what the fuck? <laughs> So, um, they go off to a diner after mm -hmm. the movie and, um, um, Cliff and, Jenny. Cliff's, Cliff and Jenny are there and Cliff's just making fun of the movie. He's mm -hmm. just ragging on it about how it was like romantic schlock and he's, it's a world war one movie, obviously. Cause about we, haven't, we haven't fought world war two yet. Right. It's a great war movie, I guess, technically. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's making fun of world war one. I, I feel like that depiction. would be too soon. I mean, probably, but, you know, it was 15 years. Yeah. But um, still, yeah, probably 20 years, maybe. Um, but it wasn't that soon. Like, to the the two wars in the Depression were all, like, back to back to back. Like, Well, there's the Roaring Tronies in there. No. <laughs> anyway. A little bit. But yeah, um, but they, uh, uh, I don't know, we'll figure it out. But he's dogging on it and asking the, the pilots at the bar, like, was that how the war was? What, that what it's like to fly in the war? Because it turns out all the old grizzled pilots at the bar are old we're World all, War I pilots. We're all World War I pilots, yeah. Which, you know, attracts. That's why they're here, that's drinking why, away. That's why they know how to fly planes. Yep. Um... Jenny is defending it, but getting royally ignored and just dismissed by everyone in the bar. And mm -hmm. it is a lot of, like, casual, low-key misogyny. Right, right. And she was like, I understand that it's not very serious, but it's, like, still good, and I still liked it. You know, like... Mm-hmm. 
And they're like, well, you shouldn't like it because it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, and then Jenny's like, well, maybe, by the way, can we not go to this same diner every night? Can we maybe go to like a real place in the city sometime? Right. Like, go on, like, like a real date that sure, costs money. Like we'll go to the Copa or like the Brown Derby or like gives this list of like really fancy old, you know, Hollywood bars. And he's like, yeah, right. And she's like, but I want to like. I think that'd be really fun. I think it'd be really fun to get all dressed up and go out. And Cliff's just like, I mean, no. <laughs> so. And um, they she's eventually just like, all right, well, just take me home. And he's like, fine, okay, cool, whatever. So she, actually, I think she gets on a bus and leaves. This is when she gets on the bus and leaves. And he's just like. Maybe. Fine, whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't remember. And so Cliff and Peavy go home. I guess they live together, maybe. Right. And he brings them. I'm he curious bring, about that whole relationship. He brings Peavy on his dates. Like, sure. He or Peavy was at the I bar. Think he, no, Peavy was not at the bar. At the diner. Uh, Malcolm was the main actor at the bar. Okay. Uh, he goes back to where Peavy is at home, and Peavy's been working on the thing. And he's like, "This is actually really smart. Like, it's really cool. Like." I think it's really good, but also I'm going to build you a helmet. And also, I don't know what I'm protecting because your brain is fucking worthless if you're going to treat that girl that way. So, oh, refills? Refills. Mm, this is Sledgehammer again? Yes, this is Sledgehammer. Is my... this Zin? I don't know. I think so. It's either the but Zin my, or the Shard. My hand is covering it. So. Or possibly the Sauvignon Blanc. No. You don't like the Sav? It's Cab. Oh, it's the cab sav. Cab sav. Seven young blanc is white. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the blanc part of that. That's the blanc part. This is a red wine. I so ain't sophisticated. I, yeah, not that I don't like seven young blanc. I just knew this wasn't seven young blanc because so. of the color. So anyway, so next scene uh, is at the movie theater, mm -hmm. the, movie studio. It's like a real Errol Flynn like. Um, yeah. Uh, some old timey like mid ages. Everybody has swords, right? And like roses and shit. Um, Long tables, castles, like the whole nine, right? Um, and the Jenny is an actress, and she's just like a an extra, right? In, she's the, in the background, in the role. And the person who's playing the princess is so wooden, uh, and just a bad actor. But it turns out she's the director's niece. Yeah. And they were like, oh, I can't believe she got the part. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I guess you could be as terrible as you want when you're the director's niece. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> like, which honestly, I was like, where's this going? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, niece. Good. Good. Okay. Yeah. And so um, as they're setting for another run. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the princess blows her line. She doesn't blow her line. She just, just delivers mm. it in a way that's like really, uh, like I memorize these words and put them all together and I'm a robot. Yeah, that's true. So Cliff managed to get on the set. Yeah. Meanwhile, the director is talking to her and she's like, it's like, if the thing about acting is you don't want to look like you're acting. You act you, like you're not acting. You want to act like you're really in the scene. You want to act. Like you're you're not acting, so like less acting. <laughs> Be natural. Be natural, and so he uh, so Cliff's looking around trying to poke his nose through different cracks in the scenery to see if he sees Jenny. Mm -hmm. He does, uh, but they're 
into the next take of the scene. So he just has to like hang out in the background, right? Like in the, not in the background, but behind stage. Yeah, like where the stage hands and props and stuff are. Yeah, he's behind a wall, mm-hmm. peeking through a crack, watching what's going on. Uh, only he accidentally leans against the wall, right? Which collapses because it's like a fake, a fakey wall. Yeah, you know that probably was supposed to collapse in a fight scene later. No, I mean it's, I mean it's just like wood scaffolding behind oh, it. it. It's not falls over. It just falls over and almost crushes Neville, mm-hmm. almost kills several people. I mean, it's just scaffolding. It wouldn't kill them. It would hurt really bad though. Mhm. And uh well no, it's like a it's like a plywood wall. Like it's mm-hmm. like a 30-foot tall, 10-foot yeah. wide, made out of 2 by 4s Like there's probably 500 pounds of stuff there. Okay. Yeah, like it would have been bad. Significant. But Timothy Dalton dives under a table to avoid it. Crashes through the whole set, messes up a whole bunch of stuff. Um, and Cliff's just like, yeah, I'm looking for Jenny. And which is all anyone needs to know to right, fucking right. fire Jenny because this is all her fault. Right. It's, this was supposed to be a closed set. So fire your security team. Yeah. The wall wasn't supposed to fucking fall over. Like, right. who's who's your carpenter? Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like. Yeah, it was just like a person leaning against it. You didn't, like, jump against it. So, yeah, I feel like this is a little overblown, but also mm-hmm. other heads should be rolling, not just Jenny's. Right. But Timothy Dalton is like, find that Jenny girl and fire her. Like... Now. Now. This is supposed to be a closed set. Like, I don't have time for this bullshit. Which is true. He doesn't have time for this bullshit. He's got... Right. A f- movie to film, a jetpack to... <laughs> Find Gilter to flame flame for it. Right, he's swamped. swamped. Um, but Cliff pulls Jenny aside and is like, hey, I found this really awesome jetpack. Like, for no out of reason, I'm going to try to fly with it. Right, also I, wa- I wanted to come to your work and, and interrupt you. specifically tell you this plot point. Right. Where other people can hear me talking. Mm-hmm. Because Neville hears him talking. Through the wall. And Neville's like, wait, Ooh, jetpack. Jetpack? I'm looking for a jetpack. How many can there be in L.A.? Right, right. We we must be looking for the same jetpack. What are the odds? What are the odds? Um, And then Neville's like, okay, well, never mind. Um, I'm going to go trace down Cliff, who manages to get escorted quickly off the set. Right. And so then he finds the director and is like, hey, what happened to the girl I told you to fire? And he's like, I fired her. Like you told me to? Like you told you, but she's still over there. She's like gathering up all her shit. And Neville's like, all right, well, I'm going to try to patch this up. I may have been too harsh. Right. There's more than one way to skin a cat. So he goes and he smarms the shit out of Jenny. Okay. I looked up how old everyone was in oh, this gosh. movie. <laughs> Why did you have to? Why did you have to do this? Jennifer Conley was 20 years old. Oh, uh, baby. The guy who plays the Rocketeer was 31. But also... Actually in a relationship with Jennifer Connelly. Actually Con- in a relationship with Jennifer Connelly at the time. Does it make it... Uh, so there's still, that. Yeah. And then Timothy Dalton was 45. Oh, gosh. Like a very fit, good-looking 45. Oh, yeah, I mean... But 45. Yeah. I feel like <sighs> if Jennifer Connelly was 25... This gets better. It gets better, but like... Like 25 to 31? Okay, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let you... I mean... Well, and Hollywood semi-stardom in the 90s was a small world. So, like, yes, you yes. got to find somebody that kind of knows sure. what you're into and where you're at. 
but then like Dalton, and you're just like, oh god, like, yes. but he is rich and powerful and smooth and, and charming, charming and, and seemingly kind and handsome mm-hmm. and like and if you want to get far in hollywood right and the star asks you on a date like and your boyfriend is also treating you like shit also that then like sure whatever i'll get a twofer i'll get facetime with this like fancy star like nothing's gonna happen we're gonna we're gonna be in public like i'm taking my own transportation there i'm taking my own transportation back keep my eye on my drinks right i'm keeping an eye on my drinks i'll get some facetime with this star and i will piss off my boyfriend two for one who is being just dumb yeah just an idiot so um he offers her kind of the role of saxon princess and dinner in the same breath which again one, I don't know if the role of sex and princess is yours to offer, sir. Like, you are the star, but you are not the producer or the director. Or the casting director. Or, yeah, like, you're not anyone who makes these decisions. Unless you are. But then, like, you're the person who makes these decisions. But anyway, so that kind of fades out, and we're back uh, at the airfield. Mm-hmm. Planes are flying. That's an air show. Mm-hmm. They're having a race. And everybody's in the bleachers watching the race, which is... What you do at an air show? Yeah, in the 30s, I guess. That was a thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's the entire plot of the movie Planes by Pixar that I've tried to block out a lot yeah. of. Yeah, so this the small town air show in the 30s... I guess it's not a small town. It's Los Angeles. But yeah. it's Los Angeles in the 30s. Right. I don't think it's Los Angeles, though. I think it's a town outside of Los Angeles that they live in in the airfield. And, like, Jenny Jenny commutes to Hollywood. Well, I mean, it's the 30s. It's the 30s. L.A. hadn't, like, I'm sure whatever they are is just, like, under L.A. Stadium right now or something. Like, there's a historical marker. I had relatives who lived in L.A. in the 30s. Like, they were farmers. They, like, ate avocados all the time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And now their land like, is worth twelve billion. Their life was not clear. Oh, they they cashed out like in the sixties. Uh, Good for them. Yeah. So how how related are we to these relatives? <laughs> I'm gonna say not related enough. Okay. Can we ingratiate ourselves? Maybe. <laughs> like I'm very charming. I'm no Timothy Dalton, but I'm about his age. Do you right. have a twenty year old daughter? Right. Uh, no. Uh, not at all. No. So um, the gangsters are there, and they're tossing the place looking for the jetpack and cannot find it. Right. In this uh, small town airfield place, nobody is like, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing during an active air show climbing around inside hangars? Like, Mm -hmm. please? But they do find a plane in the hangar as described, and they find a photo of Jenny. Right. They're like, maybe this is a clue. Maybe this dame knows where things are. They say dame a lot. Right, I mean, that's how you det- that's how you know what time it is by like what sexist things are said about women. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how that's that's like a timestamp. Yeah, like did you call people dollface a lot? <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Also, the accent on Dame they say mm-hmm. it pretty neutral, but there's like a Chicago accent Dame and like a New York accent Boston dame, Boston Dames. Like you know, it can get you a real set of time and place mm-hmm. with just one misogynistic word. That's that's economy of screenwriting right there is what that is. Yes. Anyway, um, but um, 
they're talking about or uh the the airfield owner is talking to PED, who's like and he's like listen you guys got to get up in the air we need you to do the clown show that's how we make money that's how we're gonna make money if you can't do it you're out and pv's like yeah well, i don't know where the fuck cliff is like that guy right let's establish he, he's an ass he said he would do it but turns out he's flaky he's perfect for la yeah and um and so malcolm who was from the bar hears that mm-hmm. and he like stands up like this is my moment Dun, dun, dun. So it turns out uh, Malcolm dresses up like a clown and gets behind the stick of the plane. Right, and flies around. And is flying around, only has no real clue what he's doing. I don't know if he's having like PTSD or he just hasn't flown in 20 years. Right, like, it's been a bit. But he uh, he's not doing well. And they're like, if he drifts into the race lanes, he's going to cause, he's going to kill somebody. I'm like, well, I mean, this is on you for having a clown A show clown show and race lanes happening, like... Concurrently. Yeah, concurrently at the same time in the same airspace. Yeah, like, this is this is some pretty shitty planning, like... Yeah, it's a small town. I mean, Malcolm also might be blitzed during this whole thing, and... I mean, we all self-medicate. Cheers, I'll drink to that. But, uh, anyway... Um... Malcolm does kind of start to drift into the race lanes when Cliff shows up and um, is like, all right, well, I guess this is the moment we're going to use the rocket. And Peavy's like, the fuck? No, you can't. Like, I had to do it to save Malcolm and the show and America stuff. Peavy's like, none of that is true. <laughs> like, we're going to, like, maybe lose two people if you don't do it. But we tend to, like. Use at least one, meaning you, if you do, possibly more. Mm-hmm. I see this is not a winning proposition. Right. Like, my so math. You gotta is, let me. You gotta let me, peeves. I've done the trolley problem. If we don't act, we're still okay. Like, right. it's the best course of effort. Right. The greatest good for the greatest amount of people. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, the trolley problem where, like, if there's three people tied to the tracks and you can switch the path of the trolley mm-hmm. and it runs over one person, do you do it or not? Right. And, like, morally, ethically, I mean, it makes sense. Logically. Logically, it makes sense to flip the switch to one. But that's an action that you take that kills one person. Mm -hmm. Whereas inaction killing three people is a lot easier to kind of, like, morally deal with. Right. And so, like, Peavy is coming straight on the side of, like, we just let this play out. Like... (laughs) None of this, not my circus, not my monkeys. Right, right. And Cliff is like, I have a heavy man I can throw in front of the sh- the train and save three people and sacrifice one person. <laughs> that one person is me. And Peavy's just like, I mean, what have you done for me lately? Go for it. Was, it. Yeah, if you want to, fine. So he suits off. Um, first off, he buzzes the stands real fast, which gets everybody's attention. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up crashing through the floor of the plane and knocking Malcolm out. Right, and then landing the plane? There's sort room of. for two? Does he sit on Malcolm's lap? So he ends up kind of on the back of the plane, pushing with his rocket because he can steer that way and getting it to into a controlled crash outside of what's wrong and then ends up crashing himself out in, like, the swamps of L.A. because they have those. I'm not sure. They have wetlands. Yeah. And, um... And so this is the second plane that Cliff has brought down in like 30 two minutes. days. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a lot of damage. Um, well, actually, the plane crashes. He manages to pull Cliff out and, like, drop Cliff off. Or Malcolm. And Malcolm, rather. Mm-hmm. Malcolm off in a haystack. Or on a... No, it's on a hot air balloon. Like, a half-inflated hot air balloon. He drops Malcolm off there. Sure. And then keeps going and then crashes into the swamp. Um, Cliff... Or, sorry. Um, PB has to go find him. Right. And it's like, the hell, man? It does. Meanwhile, the gangsters want to find him because... He must have the rocket pack. Brilliant deduction, gangsters. Yes. Meanwhile, reporters all are just, like, flying into the phone booths to file their stories with their editors. Right, there's a man wearing a rocket! It's amazing! It's a rocket man! It's a rocket thing! It's a... plane guy! Um, They have several very uncatchy names for it. Uh, Yeah. When someone, I don't know who, maybe the head of, like... Some print place was like, no, it's the Rocketeer. It's the owner of the airfield. Oh, it's the like, owner of the airfield. the Rocketeer. And they're like, I like it. Let's Very print catchy. It. Let's do it. So um, FBI comes up to the airfield, airfield mm-hmm. next, like that evening after Cliff and Peavy have escaped from the gangsters and are hiding in the diner. The FBI shows up to the airfield to find that the airfield owner is dead is dead and as they will say repeatedly folded in half he's folded in half so apparently the big dude that killed the one guy in the hospital Mm -hmm. also killed him and um is this like number five dead body yeah yeah at least um and um they do realize that um the the airfield director wrote an address down and it's pv and cliff's address Mm -hmm. so we cut to pv and cliff's house where they're trying to patch up the 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 rocket the rocket so the rocket has a hole in it nope not yet Still not yet when does the rocket get a hole in it well they're just talking about it and they're like this is awesome it's not gonna be until there's some bullets fired okay um and the big guy goes to PV's and like busts in and is going to like smash them all. Right. When the He's F- just like Hulk. Yeah. But the FBI arrives and shoots at them and the big guy shoots back and everybody runs out the back because the FBI do not understand covering exits. Right. They're, they're not like, hey, this is essentially a barn. <laughs> There's a real big door here. Well, it's a ranch house. And a real big door here. They're at a ranch house. <laughs> And so they're just all parked on the street out front shooting at this ranch house and everybody just runs out the back door and into the like into the, into the field, block. into the ranch and like, well, it's a neighborhood. Oh, OK. So they just run through the houses and get out of there. And um, everybody escapes. So many posts on the neighborhood Facebook the next day. I'm like, the fuck? Who, who shot up their house? What was the FBI doing shooting up somebody's house? I thought we lived in a nice neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it turns out. Um, the FBI or Psycho in this? I don't know. Yeah. And then we cut to the club. Where Jenny and Neville, mm-hmm. uh, Timothy Dalton, yep. are going on their date. Yep. They meet uh, Clark, who I assume is an allusion to Clark Gable. I guess so. That would make sense. Uh, W.C. Fields, who has like a really crazy accent and Jenny meets and talks to. I mean, W.C. Fields... I don't think had a real crazy accent. I have no concept of W.C. Fields as a human. Yeah. He was big in Chicago. Is he? Yeah. Sure. Uh, but um, 
Neville leaves Jenny with W.C. Fields to go mm-hmm. talk uh, shop with the owner of the club, who is our gangster friend. Yes. The gangster is the owner of the club, which yeah, it tracks. And um, this club is really um, like theme? nautical themed. Themed, yeah. There are um, ice sculptures of like snails for some reason or snail ice sculptures. There's a lady who's dressed up as a uh, mermaid in a tank of water. Just outside the boss's window. Right. Like submerged. Yeah. In a tank of water. Just like kind of riding. Right. And then she just like swoops up and breathes. Like she's not. Maybe she's got a hose. She doesn't have a scuba thing. Like I don't know how she does that all the time. She must be a uh, a trained synchronized swimmer. Maybe. With I don't re- know. really, really good breath control. But, like, whoo, this is a shitty job. Yeah. I mean, at least nobody can grope you. Yes. Yes, it does make it harder for people to touch you. So, you got so it, it, ha- it has its advantages. It does have its advantages. Uh, but the discussion there, um, Neville is now looking for Cliff. Because mm-hmm. he knows he's associated with With Jenny the jetpack. And the jetpack. Um, they got away. At least once, so mm-hmm. they're trying to find out where they are, and the gangsters guys are on it. Like they're trying to find it. Also, the gangster fucking hates Neville, right? Yeah, because Neville's being an ass to them, and the gangsters used to like being top dog, right? So then we go to PV and Cliff again, and now they're in a small little area working on this uh, on the rocket on the rocket, which now which- has holes in it. Nope. No? Still doesn't have a hole in it. God damn it. When did the holes come? It's going to be in this next scene. Okay. Because uh, they end up coming down and the FBI, in air quotes, shows up to talk to everybody. Mm-hmm. But it's um, not the FBI? Right. Well, what happened was um, Cliff and Peavy are talking to each other. And Peavy's like, we got to call the FBI. And Cliff's like, no, nah, no, nah, we got one more thing. And then whatever happens and Cliff finally talks, Pe- or Peavy talks Cliff into calling the FBI. So they go downstairs so Cliff can call the FBI. And as Cliff is calling the fbi whatever that phone number is right uh, i don't have a phone number for the fbi the quote unquote fbi walks in and is like hey how's everybody doing we're looking for cliff and instantly the whole diner's like never heard of him i heard he moved to cincinnati i haven't seen him around here in weeks and they're like yeah 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 yeah, we know guys small towns like we like instant like he's sitting right there and they will deny they ever knew you I love it though. And so, but the, um, um, but the gangsters are like, ha ha ha. We know you know where he is. We know you've seen him. We're just going to start picking you at random, busting the place up, and torturing you until somebody squeals. So let's get this done. And they start to torture Chief Peavy. They're going to smash his face on the grill uh, when somebody finds Jenny's number. Mm hmm. And it's taped to the wall. And for the record, it's not... 8675309. Which is... A swing and a miss. Yeah, like, of all the jokes to have, like, <laughs> if you're going to put Jenny's number on the wall, 8675309 is it. would Cliff put Jenny's number on the wall of a diner? Why would Jenny put her number on the wall of a diner? Uh, I mean... Was it just, like, the neighborhood phone book? Was there, like, 
a bunch of people's number on the wall? Yeah, there are a lot of numbers on the wall. Okay, so it's like the phone list. Like when your mom had the phone list next to the phone. Yeah. Like the the hardwired phone. And it was like, here's the 10 friends. Here's mom's work number. Here's dad's yeah, work so number. So like Jenny is here's Pennsylvania 5000 Like yeah. you, can, you can call her if you mm-hmm. need her. This is... This is how you get a hold of Jenny. Instead of memorizing the phone number, you just... Right. So you just put the like the, your, ten, your 10 contacts, your top 10. Yeah. And so they call the number and pretend to be a florist. And it's like, yeah, I got some flowers here from Cliff. And they're like, oh, well, tell him it's too late. She's at the South Seas Club with Neville. Right. So he calls the uh, like boarding house, house right. where she lives with like five other girls. Right. And a den mom. And, yeah, and one of the girls like, yeah, she said the South Glee Clubs with Neville. And they're all like, that bitch set us up. Like, we're on a goose chase out in the middle of nowhere, out in the country. And he's whining and dining our target in the South Seas Club. What the heck? Also, Cliff, visibly not cool with this. I mean, as well, he should be because, like... This was like 50% getting ahead in my career and 50% pissing off my clueless boyfriend. Yes. So uh, the guys freak. Two of them head back to town. Two of them stay. And as soon as there's only two of them there, the car's out of sight. The Patriots overpower the other two. These are all World War One vets. Like, mm-hmm. they can they've, scrap. They've seen some shit. Yeah. Like, a gun going off in close proximity is not going to scare them. But what happens here is they hold the gun straight up in the air and fires. And that's the bullet that hits the tank. That's the bullet that hits the Rocketeer tank. Where's the Rocketeer's tank being stored? It's above up in the above Yeah. The, um, yeah. Above the diner. Above the diner. Right. So this is when they go up there and Cliff's like, all right, well, I can't turn it in now. I got to go save Jenny because those guys are going to go kill her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was already in danger, but I guess he just found that out. Yeah, so, he, yeah. It's like, I gotta go to the South Sea Club. I can be there in five minutes with the jetpack. I'm gonna take the jetpack. I gotta go. Bye. But Beepy's like, wait, wait, it's all leaking. And he takes a piece of gum. Beekman's gum. So there was a whole, like... Subplot. Sub... Subplot? Running gum gag. Gum is a subplot? I'd say it's a running gag. Running gag. Uh, about how uh, Cliff is always chewing Beekman gum, Beekman's mm. gum. And, uh... When it was his time to, you know, run the plane, it was like, come on, that gum, is, that gum is going to get your ass in the air. Like, let's do this. It's a superstition, though. Yeah, it's a superstition. He has to have his gum. So, so PV takes a piece of gum and plugs over the ethanol hole. Have you ever had Beekman's gum? No. I think it became not a thing before we were born. I hope so. But I imagine it to be, like, the hardest gum. Yeah. It's just, like... It's just rubber. It's just made of fucking trees. <laughs> it's basically like chewing has, latex. Yeah, it has... Uh, Cut a finger off a glove, just char on that for a while. I mean... With spearmint. I have made adhesives out of, like, reject bubblegum before. Really? Yes. They are scarily not that different. <laughs> I mean, I guess this is a question of hydrogen crosslinks, right? Right, right. She's like, well, I mean, you you put some stuff on there. It makes sure. it work. But it's very interesting. So, but PV plugs the hole with a piece of Beekman's gun and is like, all right, well, that should hold it. Good luck. Is bubblegum alcohol soluble? Um, It's water soluble and all alcohol 
has water. Okay, so... So... I don't know. I mean, it's not the worst idea. The problem is that bubblegum doesn't have a lot of, like, internal structural integrity. And so... It it's got no pressure resistance. Yeah, it can't handle any real, like, forces against it, which, like, an alcohol combustion engine would surely have. Yeah, you would think. If nothing else, it's sucking on the fuel tank. Uh, but maybe fun. 30s gum was wild. Maybe it was. Maybe 30s gum was wild, y'all. And it, like, could just stick together all of our cars and planes. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. We put some... Terrible shit in our bodies. <laughs> and we're then like, it's fine. it's fine. It's all just fine. So then we flash back to the club. And mm-hmm. Neville is putting the schmarm onto Jenny. Right. He's like, we should dance. And she's like, there's no music. He's like, yeah, well, I'm fucking Neville. Right. I'll make, I'll make the music happen. Yeah, let's just get out there and we'll do it. So they'd go dance. What kind of nightclub has no dancing? A well, band? I, they had a live band, but I think the band was just the on a break. The band was just on a break. Okay. Because right, I was so. like, they were on, the band is performing in a goddamn giant clamshell. Yeah. Like an oyster shell. Like Birth of Venus style. <laughs> and he, uh, but as soon as they start dancing, the music picks up and they right, start. And, they, and everyone dances. Right. They start a craze. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Cliff arrives, uh, breaks in, uh, hides the rock in the laundry room like you do. Oh, so first he talks to Jenny and is like, Jenny, you no, are. No, 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 no. Because he dresses like a waiter. Uh huh. And comes out to find her. Right. And then talks to Jenny. Before, right. Before he hides the rocket in the laundry room, he talks to Jenny. Does he? Yes. No. I'm sure. In of the it. tree? In the tree? Yeah, when he. After he, he gives her a note to explain everything. Mm hmm. So what he does is he dresses like a waiter and he gets the soup cart. Right. And he puts bowls in front of him and he puts a note in Jenny's that says, hey, come meet me behind the clam. Mm-hmm. You're in danger. And then pours soup on top of it and then pours soup for Neville. And the whole time, Jenny's just bad mouthing him right to mm-hmm. Neville. And Neville's, you know, also not yeah. talking her down. Right. Why would you? And then eventually he's like, come on, just go. And so he leaves and Jenny's like, if you'll excuse me for a moment, I need to power my nose. And then she goes and finds him goes, is like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And that's where he's like, I'm the rocketeer. And she's like, the who's a what's what? He's like, don't you read the papers? And she's like, no, it's been a day and I have a job. Like, so I've been at work. So like, no, no, I didn't like your Facebook post because I have a job. Like, like yeah, needy little bitch. A hundred percent. A hundred percent so needy. Like, that relationship would have been done. Yeah. Um, but he's like, listen, you got to go um, because You're I've got this jetpack and some bad guys are coming to find you. I don't know what's going on. But, like, get in a cab, go to your mom's house, get far away from everything. Yeah, I'll tell you when it's clear. And she's like, what? And he's like, I couldn't live with myself if anything happened to you. And then she's like, well, I love you too. Like, there's like a moment of like, Weird emotional unearnedness. <laughs> yes, like some very shoehorned, like, oh, I should feel emotions about these people. Mm-hmm. But while they're having their moment, uh, this paper note floats to the top of the soup. Neville finds it. Dum, like, dum, dum. He's here, you know? He could tell. He signed it like the Rocketeer. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
Cliff kind of peeks out of his hiding spot and sees Neville with the gangsters giving orders. And he's like, oh, shot, gasp. Neville, Neville works, works for the, the gangsters. gangsters. And so Jenny does take his advice, goes away, and is trying to hail a taxi cab He's outside. about to get into a cab. Right. Also does not understand how cabs work. Right. She just was like, taxi! And, like, it's so great because, like, there's a, like, um... Not concierge, not bellhop. I don't mm-hmm. know, cab boy. Cab boy out front in the in a like uniform. a valet, a valet slash cab cab person. I think, I think that's still a valet. Yeah, it's job. a valet. And he just kind of looks at her like, jeez. Right, and somebody somebody gets out of a cab, and she like goes to get in it. Mm-hmm. But there's a line like mm-hmm. she doesn't know. Like she's just trying to get out of there. But anyway, right. and uh, she's just a small town girl in this lonely world. She took the midnight train. No, she didn't. She's trying to get a cab. We just talked Going about anywhere. Uh, her mom's. Come on. Keep up. Anyway. Um, Cliff, though, runs smack into the big dude. Mm-hmm. That have been, like, killing people all across town. Right. He kind of looks like Lurch from the Addams Family with a ridiculous nose. Yeah, he's got a lot of prosthetics on, but he's also a former professional basketball player, so he's like eight foot tall. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just a lot of dude. Right, but they need to make him look unrecognizable, so like, just a bunch of prosthetics. Right. And so there's a chase through the restaurant, um, and Cliff gets to the laundry first, mm-hmm. gets the rocket jetpack on. He also was like, as he's running towards the laundry, rips off his like waiter costume underneath his waiter costume wearing a like a his leather flight. Uh, like flight jacket yeah bomber I mean, jacket really yeah yeah I mean, so like i'm gonna size up three sizes in my waiter uniform and underneath it wear my like flight suit leather jacket in case of need of fast escape right it's like those fuckers were heavy like yeah, he's wearing at least 30 pounds of clothes. Yeah. It, and it's, it's hot. It's like wearing, like, full motorcycle leathers underneath other clothes. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, but he manages to get to the rocket. He shoots up the laundry chute out of the laundry Also, room. his helmet. Where yeah. was he storing his helmet? Next to the rocket. In, in the, the laundry. laundry? So he got there first. Yeah. Put his rocket and helmet in the laundry, just, like, ready for him. Yeah. So then wherever he is, he has to get back to the laundry yeah. to pick up his rocket. It'd be way too conspicuous to be walking around with the rocket on. I mean, I agree. But also... But also, I don't... Whew, I don't know if this lot. was the best choice. Um, He shoots up. He then floats around the the main dining hall as the rocketeer. And everyone's what? like, oh, it's the, rocketeer. the rocketeer! It's amazing! This is so cool! And then he sets the stage on fire, collapses the band shell, which like, is an actual shell. Inside, the band inside the stupid uh, clamshell. Like, yeah. At least half of them are like, I'm stuck. Yeah. Then he starts like going over the tables. And as he goes to the tables, they have centerpiece, like little alcohol lamps, mm-hmm. which explode. Catch on fire. And, uh, well, I mean, that, yeah, okay. I'll give you that. And so, like, people are like, oh, fuck, it's like. Rocketeer, like instantly. Right. I got the hiccups. Oh, sorry. Right, right. So, like, br- bringer of chaos and doom. Yes. And um, it goes from like Jupiter to Mars real quick there. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. Anyway, and um, Neville's like, lock the doors, keep him in here. He tries to catch him in a Trap net. Trap him like a fly. Can't catch him in a net. Yes, yeah, so there's a literal net on the, on the ceiling because this is real, like, 
South Sea vibe. And they're like, it's no, no worries. I'll catch him in a decorative net. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Have you ever been to an overly themed seafood restaurant? Could you catch anything in the nets they put on the wall? No. 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 <laughs> I mean, botulism and salmonella, maybe? Right. Right. You could 100% catch the botulism. <laughs> Other than that, probably not. But uh, the racketeer does escape straight up out of the skylight. Meanwhile, Jenny had gotten herself back in. Right. Somehow. Somehow. Well, the uh, snail ice sculpture crouched through the door, the locked doors, so she could get back in and see the racketeer. Right. While everyone is flowing out. Right. She's like, I have to get back in. Save my boyfriend from himself, which is not wrong. He's my true love. But she's there and she gets chloroformed by Neville. Yes, by Timothy Dalton. Drops her. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fade out. Fade out. First off, uh, he came prepared with that chloroform. Yeah, he came prepared with the chloroform. <laughs> he had it just in case. He is a real Boy Scout. I also, like, I mean, did he stop by home to pick that up? Or did he just have it in the car in case? Right, Like, right. he had a hot date? Yeah, does he, does he bring chloroform to all his dates? Do they keep it in the club for him? Like... I don't know. I mean... Oof. I don't know. The man came prepared. Because the other thing is chloroform. You can't keep chloroform. You have to keep chloroform. It's volatile. Yeah. So you have to keep chloroform in, in like a dark amber bottle that seals really well. So you can't like keep it in your pocket. No, no. It doesn't do well warm. Yeah. Don't ask. I mean, so I hear. Um, I mean, yeah. But I mean, you you have much more reason to I, I I have used chloroform in the past. <laughs> In chemistry. Yes, in chemistry. Um, we have not abducted anyone. No, no, ever. no, 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 no. There's, I, I mean, there's there's better options there's now. There's enough fucking people in this house. I don't yeah, t- I mean, and also technology has really, really come a long way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, we should have stuck with mine. <laughs> but, yes, he chloroforms her. Yeah. And sh- so then she wakes up in the Enos house. Right. Uh, still in her gown, mm-hmm. laid on top of a perfectly made bed. Yeah. Shoes still on. Yeah. Which, again. Which are all good signs for being kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. Good I mean, signs. on a scale of one to Cosby, you're doing okay. I mean, it's better. There's no there's no sign that, like, stuff didn't happen. But. But. Yeah, you're, you know. It's a little better. It's a little bit better. Just a tiny, tiny bit. Is it, though? Because she's locked in. Right. So she wakes up. She tries all the doors. And, and she's like, what is going on? Where even am I? Right. And so she ends up laying back down in the bed. So she sees across the hall. Neville coming up. Neville coming up the, like, uh, around the stairs. Like, I guess there's like an... Atrium? An eight? Yeah, I was going to say an atrium. Like an atrium between mm-hmm. the bedroom and the hallway to the bedroom. Yeah. It's a very open, almost prairie-style house. Right. So, like, there's a two-story great room. Mm-hmm. And the, in the middle. Yeah, and then the bedrooms are upstairs that open into that room off a balcony. It's mm-hmm. a really cool house. Anyway, I recommend Sure. If sure. So she sees that she's coming, and she understands the layout of the house enough to know that he's coming, because I would not. I would be like, where the fuck is this guy? He's like... Seven feet away from me through an atrium, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I I would not have put it all together. But she jumps back in the bed and lays down. Mm-hmm. And pretends to be asleep. He walks in with a tray and some drinks. Mm-hmm. I believe it's like brandy. Right. And he gives her some like smelling salts. To bring her to, yeah. Yeah, and she wakes up. And she's like, where am I? Oh. I'm 
so confused. You kidnapped me, but you're also real hot. I'm very confused. Yeah. And so he kind of like puts the smarm on again. He's like, sometimes Brandy helps or whatever. And offers her a drink and she kind of like casually sips it, but not really. She definitely gives him a look of like, bitch, you just chloroformed me. I am not drinking any of that stuff. Yeah. Like she kind of like puts it to <laughs> but her like, lips, but, but obviously. Like he drinks it and like. Offers it. Offers it and she's like, well, I'm doing the calculus of how to stay alive. So I guess I drink it. I'm going to have to deal with this emotional basket case's feelings or else I'm in danger. 100%. Math says take a sip. Um, And um, Neville claims that he's being blackmailed. Right. Like he's the victim in here as much as everyone else. Right. They made me. He's like, he's like, you kidnapped me. And he's like, but they forced my hand. Like I couldn't. They're kidnapped. They're uh, blackmailing me. I couldn't do anything about this. I'm as much of a victim here as you are. And at that line, I really wanted Jen to be like, but no one chloroformed you, sir. So I'm going to say I'm more a victim. I'm not the victim's victim. Not that we're having suffering Olympics, but I'm fucking gold. Truth. But he uh, he kind of turns the smarm on, and she kind of goes with it again. Right. He's like, you must be so uncomfortable in that gown. Like, let's get you into something more comfortable. And he opens up a closet where there are, like, many negligees. Yes, many. Many, many, many negligees that are all, like, magically her size. Well, I don't know if they're all her size, but he picks one that... He picks, like, two or three. that are... she, He picks two that she can choose from. Yeah. It's like, would would you like to wear this or this? And Jenny does pick the black one, and as she like pulls it in, you can see through. Oh, it's like, so, it's three, so there's thin. Like four folds of material, but you could like read a newspaper. It's, ma- it's it. made of tissue. Yeah, she's like, maybe this. Right, she's like, would you like me to try this on? And he was like, yeah, that would be great. And so she goes around the corner, mm-hmm. out of frame, and he's like. Looking around, like almost giddy, like oh my gosh, this is almost about to work. And I'm right, and then does he follow like, her? Well, she says, "Can you come in here and help me with this?" Right. And at which point, help me with my dress. I think probably the blood necessary for the brain has gone somewhere else. Yes, yes, I'm sure there's not a log- not a lot of logical thinking happening. Right. So he goes in to help her, and she needs help with a zipper under her arm. Mm-hmm. And as he reaches, moves in to get it. She whacks him in the head with a vase, and I was so happy. Right, with, like, a very heavy uh, vase, and he passes out. Yay! She wasn't, like... She was just... She was just acting! Yeah. She didn't really think he she was great. Like, I finally had a scene with the great Neville. Like, right. Yay. And, um... So now she has to try to escape. Right. From his house, full of his people, who so, were totally chill with him bringing in... A passed out girl. It probably wasn't the first time. I mean, no, it wasn't. So, like, yeah, she's uh, she's really at a disadvantage. Right. So she breaks out of her room, sees people coming, so immediately hides in the library. Mm-hmm. There's a giant double bookcase. Right. She's like, there has to be a secret door here. So she's pulling- what a wild time to live in the 1930s when like everyone had a secret door. Yeah. That was, like, a real normal thing to have. Well, I think it's some leftovers from Prohibition. Yes. Like, you know. Leftovers from Prohibition, 
And then, like, maybe if you're in a real old house, the Underground Railroad. <laughs> like, like, yeah, I mean, there are reasons to have secret there's passages. There's secret passages all the time. Yeah, I mean, we were really messing out here in the late 20s. Uh, yeah, I gotta say, secret passages need to come back. They should. Well, and, like, hats. Yes. I'm here for hats. I mean, I feel one of those is going to be a lot easier to incorporate into our lives. I mean, either. But but she, uh, she leaves her room, immediately has to hide in the library. She's pulling books. The book that she pulls that causes the bookshelf to rotate is The Conquest of Casanova. The Conquest of Casanova. So if you are in a 1930s mansion. Mm-hmm. Timothy Dalton's. Timothy Dalton's 1930s mansion. Smarmy pencil mustache. Smarmy pencil mustache Timothy Dalton. And you pull a Conquest of Casanova book. What do you expect be- to be behind the bookcase? Sex dungeon. Yes. That is the answer. Or like, and probably like homoerotic sex dungeon. Because <laughs> you got to keep that under tight I mean, lock. I don't know. Locking key. That sex dungeons, there's a lot that's like super gender specific fair, in fair. a I sex mean, dungeon. It's like. There's walls and equipment, and you just, like... Pick what you want. For yeah, who you pick, want. pick what you want. Like, I, I feel like all the straps are adjustable, like... Probably. You're you're probably right. But, like... But... Like, I, I feel like somebody would be there, like, hello. And you're like, <laughs> oh, hi, co-star from two films ago. Yep, yep. You just oh. disappeared. Everyone thought you just got pregnant, but turns out you've been here the whole time. Or everybody thought you moved back with your wife to Ohio. Yeah, turns out... You've been here the whole time. But no. No. But no. It's, uh, there's a two-way radio, mm-hmm. which she tries to use only to hear German voices coming out, <gasps> and she discovers the German Nazi passport because... Because, turns out, Timothy Dalton is a German Nazi. Yes. Pretending to be British. Or just a German. Because all German passports looked like that, even for, like, the Jews who were escaping to America. <laughs> yeah, had big swastikas <laughs> they, on They them. all had the same, uh... Eagle and thing. Eagle and swastika on them. Which is awkward. It is. Anyway. Um, meanwhile, Cliff arrives back at the diner. Mm-hmm. Everybody is gone. He walks in. It's an empty diner. There's like one teenage girl. Oh, yeah. There is one teenage girl. And he scares him. And then the phone rings. And somebody on the other line's like, listen, we got Jenny. If you ever want to see her alive, you better like come to the observatory 4 a.m. Yep. And, and we'll trade the rocket pack for Jenny. Yep. And he's like, fuck, I gotta do this thing. Right, because while Jenny was in the secret room, which was not a sex dungeon, which was just like a place where I keep all my Nazi memorabilia shit, mm-hmm. uh, people find her. Yeah. And capture her again. Right. And so they put her on the phone to confirm it's the... And right as he's like, all right, well, guess I gotta go to the observatory and trade for Jenny... Who breaks in? The actual real FBI. And you can see Cliff being like, oh, not this shit again. Right. Like, I already dealt with you, fake FBI. And they're like, we're the real FBI this time. And they're like, at no point did they show their ID. Nope. So they take him to see Howard Hughes. Because that's what you do right. in the situation. With the jetpack and with PV already there. Because he already captured PV and brought them to... I brought him to Howard Hughes. Mm-hmm. 
earlier. Yep. And so Howard Hughes is like, all right, I need you to understand what we're up against. And he shows a German newsreel about Germans trying to build rocket packs so they can launch offensives across the world and take over the world. And then the American flag burns and it's a Nazi flag and like lots of propaganda. Right, right. So their plan was to launch a person with a jet plaque from Germany to America. Well, I imagine it was a progressive thing maybe but, like but, up uh, over the but north on like, the on the propaganda machine you see just like a swarm of german soldiers with jetpacks crossing the atlantic crossing the atlantic i mean it's propaganda not a battle plan but yes i see many flaws i see, I see many flaws many, in many this flaws. plan yeah it's not going to be great how high are you going to be able to fly without people's heads exploding the answer is not that high <laughs> a hundred feet <laughs> It should be fine. Also, you need really good weather because littler craft experience weather a lot more. Yes. Yes. Uh, there's a lot more weather down low, so that's not looking good either. Mm -hmm. Also, how much fuel can those tiny little jetpacks hold? Yeah. Versus how much do they need? Uh, versus how much do they need to cross the fucking ocean? The maybe answer like, is so much. Maybe the plan is like just stack them all up on a troop transport ship and take them over. And then like you get like two miles off the coast of M Manhattan and just let them go. Right. Maybe. Maybe. That would make way more sense. Yeah. But uh, none that, of that is alluded that to. That is not what they're depicted and alluded to. In like Listen, I don't know what exactly the Nazi strategy for the use of jetpack soldiers <laughs> was at the beginning. If you're a Nazi and you're listening to this podcast, please don't. Um, they start talking about the thing and the jetpack and Peeves really impressed with it. He's like, by the way, it's really cool that you use the fuel from the tank to cool the rocket nozzle and preheat the fuel and then dump it back into the combustion chamber. By the way, that's how fucking rockets work. <laughs> Some real rocket science. Real shoehorned in this redonkulous movie <laughs> actually they they take the cryogenic fuel and they use that to cool the bell at mm -hmm. the bottom and then they just basically bring it back up and they inject it into the combustion right, and chamber. then like but after it's cooled the chamber uh it's warm enough to ignite yeah like win-win right yeah so, so it's, a, actually, it's actually a pretty ingenious uh little way but cliff's like all right you guys stop like geeking out i need to use the rocket one more time and they're like uh the FBI's like no, no way son nope, like nope nope he's like but they got my girl well tell us where she is we'll go get her like and he's like yeah like they're killer and they're like yeah it's a risk we're gonna have to take it looks like you know nazis and he's like so cliff ends up escaping mm -hmm. by, with the rocket pack well he does it by jumping onto a plane Right. That's hanging from the ceiling, like a model plane of the Spruce Goose, mm -hmm. hanging from the ceiling, and like rides that out the front of the hangar, and then rocket packs away. Right, and Howard Hughes is like, see, it can fly. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, pleased that a man jumped onto his model of a plane and rode it out of his windows. Yeah, like that's just things that happen. He was just so tickled. Huh. Data. Right. I mean, he's such a scientist. You know, hey, I got some data like, out of this. Ooh, data. Precious, precious data. Yes. So, so we go to the observatory. Mm -hmm. um, Neville's tries to give uh, Jenny his coat, and she's like, "I'd rather freeze." And then he like leers at her, and he's like, 
I always thought she looked better that way anyway because she's wearing like kind of a right. She's wearing like a gown, like a slinky, a slinky nineteen thirties gown. And she's like, "Fine, give me the fucking coat." And like he's smiles, like he's all proud of himself for manipulating this poor girl. Right. I'm just like, I hate you. What you're supposed to hate him. You're such a douche. Like, well done, writers, actor, for making me absolutely for making me be like, actually, I do kind of want you to be like the seventh dead body in this. I'm not going to be sad when that happens. Um, then Cliff arrives. He's surrounded immediately by the, uh, the French guys, but he's just, or not the French guys, my gosh, the gangster guys Mm -hmm. and walks up and is like, Hey, um, I got the rocket pack and there's like a whole Mexican standoff where Neville's like, give me the rocket. I'll give you the girl. He's like, give me the girl. I'll give you the rocket. Right. But like Cliff has no leverage. Yeah. He has zero leverage. Um, so he's like, Hey, Mr. Valentine, did you know that you're working for a Nazi spy? And Valentine's like, wait, what? Yeah, and so immediately, uh, Valentine, the gangster who has murdered, I don't know, probably seven people so far. On camera. In the course of the movie on camera, is just like, what? And Timothy Dalton's like, bitch, I pay you well. It doesn't matter. And, uh... Valentine. Valentine's like, I mean, I don't make... I don't make it honest buck, but I'm an American. <laughs> also, again... I'm an American through and through. I'm going to pause here. This is 1939. 1939. We're full two years before the war. Yes. And we're still a year and a half away from several thousand people holding a Nazi rally in Madison fucking Square Garden. Like, it was not necessarily a given that the Nazis were the bad guys no. in 1939. No. With hindsight, 100% they are. Like, But. Like, but, it but, would but. not have been the instant pivot. Right, right. It would have been just like, oh, I mean, like, cool. I mean, whatever. I mean, Germans are weird. Like. I mean, I don't agree with their political positions, but like, there's no. But also, no they're not reason in America, so be, I don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, I mean. They've done some annoying things in the Sudatenland, but I can't even find that on a map. So fuck those guys, right? Like, American foreign policy at its best. Um, And as the gangsters turn on Valentine, he yells in German. Uh, on uh, Timothy Dalton. Or Dalton, yeah, on, on Neville. He Neville yells in German, and all these, like, German soldiers come out of the woodwork. Um, of nowhere. Just like... So he had like a thousand German soldiers. Uh, I'd say 50 tops. Okay. In a just couple, hiding around... A hundred. I'm going to say a hundred. Well-armed, uniformed German soldiers... Right. Hiding right. in LA. They are not just like in plain clothes. Right. They're not just like the sharks and the jets where you're like, ah, these ruffians. <laughs> like, no, no, no. <laughs> uniformed Nazi soldiers in LA. Yeah, I feel like... Somebody would have noticed. But as those guys get into position, spotlights come on and the FBI has the Nazis surrounded. So if you think about it, there's there's Neville and Cliff and Jenny in the middle. Right. Surrounded by... By gangsters. Gangsters who don't like Neville. Mm-hmm. Surrounded by Nazis who don't like the gangsters and Cliff. Surrounded by the FBI, who don't like the Nazis, or the gangsters, or Neville, or Cliff. Right. It's That's just a circle of fuck right there. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's it's crazy. It, 
It's like the get out of my dreams and into my car, like, four-time key change. Yeah, it really does. And you're like, like, is all of this really necessary? Get out of my dreams and into my car? And also, you're a fucking creeper. Stop singing about that. Um, first off, that song, those four key changes were utterly necessary. I mean, just that, that solo. <laughs> so, there it is. But yeah, that song is still creepy. Anyway, um, Neville, though, like, somebody shoots and the whole thing just goes off. Like, everybody's shooting everybody and falling down and running away. But somehow none of our stars get hit. No, no. Uh, Neville runs away with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Onto the blimp. Onto the blimp. Catches the ladder at the top of the observatory and goes up into the blimp. Cliff runs after him. Well, Cliff gets the jetpack back on and jetpacks after him Mm -hmm. and lands on the tail of the blimp. Which, by the way, there is a long lingering shot of the swastika on the tail of the blimp. So long. And as it passes by, then it goes to Cliff standing in front of a giant American flag. Yes, before he shoots before off. Before he shoots off. And I'm like, well, that was a little on the nose. But yeah, there's lots of staging. Yeah, I mean, well, well played. I mean, this is based on a graphic novel, so mm-hmm. like... Yeah, and also this movie for children. Yeah, you gotta kind of hit it on the head. You do. You, like, nuance is not really the name of the game. Mm. So, um... So, Cliff goes up. He lands on the tail of the plane and breaks the rudder immediately. Not intentionally, just the dude is a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. And, like, grabs a cable and rips the fabric, and now this thing is not steerable. Right. Great. Good. Good job. If that was the plan. Was that the plan? I don't know. I don't think it was the plan. Um, He's got a gun in his pocket. But again, we're on top of a giant flammable gas bag. So maybe no. One, one stray shot and that thing's going to go up in flames. As it says, several times. Yes. So many times. Um, But he, as he's walking across the spine of the top of the, the, the blimp, mm-hmm. a hatch opens and the big dude comes out. Right. And then he has to fight the big dude on a blimp. Yeah. Big dude does put on a safety belt, though. So, like, props for that. Right. So he's tied to the blimp if he falls. Yeah. And so uh, Big Dude knocks Cliff off. But then Cliff Cliff has a jetpack. Right. So he just ignites it, comes around the other way and knocks Big Dude hard off the far edge, which sends him tumbling over. As we cut to the bottom of the gondola, where Timothy Dalton is bragging about how even though the rudder's broken, he has the best pilot Germany's ever made. And right as he says that, Big Dude swings around, breaks through the window, and knocks the pilot clean out of the window on the other side. And Timothy Dalton's like, fuck. (laughs) Like, just, well. Well... Okay, then. So that's great. Meanwhile, uh, Jenny um, is is kind of captured, mm-hmm. uh, like with, you know, with Neville's Timothy. got her yeah. gun to her head. And so when Cliff drops down into the gondola from the top, he's, you know, they're still in that Mexican standoff of like, give me the rocket, I'll give you the girl, give me the girl, I'll give you the rocket. Yes. But it's stupid now. Mm-hmm. Because if Cliff gives Neville the rocket, they're stuck on a doomed gondola. Yes. Like a blimp that is 
out of control. Yes. Filled with super flammable glass. Even a spark. Mm-hmm. Pizza. Even a spark. Even a spark. So, like, he 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 has no leverage. Right. He just wants to get Jenny for five minutes before they both die. I mean, what are you going to do in five minutes? I mean, I'm sure he's very motivated. It's a stressful situation. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, so Cliff... It accelerates the mating of many species. <laughs> Cliff ends up sliding the rocket over, but as he does so, he rubs off the piece of gum. He rubs off the piece of gum, knowing that there is a open uh, wound in the jetpack and that the jetpack will catch fire. So this is like homicide. It is. But it's homicide against a Nazi, so this But it's homicide against a Nazi that he was like, but he was going to use it for evil. I guess. He's a white man in the 1930s, so, like, probably would have been fine. It's a fine. I mean, there's also a white man in 1991 when they were writing it. Still probably okay. Still probably. So, as, um, as Cliff, or as Neville picks up the rocket, Jenny knocks the other pilot out the window because that's not important. And right. she's now... Also listen. not murder. Also not murder. Uh, and there's a fight between Neville and Cliff, which Neville is... Pretty Why much. Why does there need to be a fight between Neville and Cliff? He gave him a faulty jetpack. Yeah, but if he could get the jetpack back and patch it, maybe he can get he and, and Jen, Jennifer Conley out of there. Maybe. Like, that would be my goal. Okay. But he, uh, but generally Conley ends up firing a gun, which is a flare gun. Right. And then everything gets hit on fire. Yeah. Things are starting to catch on fire, which is not great. But Neville gets the rocket. Right. And, and he's like, later taters. Jumps out. Deuces. But as he's flying away. He catches on fire and perishes in a ball of flame. Screaming and staring at the camera. Yeah. Like, this is a PG movie in 1991 because of some tobacco and drug, de- like, and uh, alcohol depictions. We see Timothy Dalton literally screaming himself to death. <laughs> In a ball of flames till the bitter end. Choices 1991. The hell. So wild. Yep. Also, he does fall out of the blimp. He lands on the Hollywood land sign. Right. And then bush bushes out the land. And then that's how Hollywood became Hollywood and not Hollywood land. Also, they had said Hollywood several times. Right. They It's not like they said Hollywood land throughout this movie. Yeah. I don't know what the vernacular was in 1939. Right. But it wasn't uh, Hollywood know. land. Yeah. I don't know. So um, Cliff and... Uh, Jenny retreat to the top of the blimp, like the top spine, Mm -hmm. as there's a fire down below. Um, The blimp starts to explode while Howard Hughes flies at them in a gyrocopter Mm -hmm. and rescues them at the last minute. Right. They climb up the 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 ladder ladder and fly away. Yay! Yay. They're saved. So we jump back into the diner. The next morning, I guess. Peavy's reading the paper. Neville died when a piece of flaming debris landed on his touring car. It's a shame. It was a nice car. Like, no love lost there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Jenny and Cliff are super friendly. Like, right, they're back together. Yeah, apparently that worked out. They had out. some good makeup sex. They're good. Yeah, probably. Probably a good, good night for both of them. Or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe Cliff's a generous lover. Let's hope. I hope. Let's hope. I hope he's got that going for him. Because he doesn't have <laughs> any fucking other things. It's true. Um, But they hear a plane. And they're not on the runway. No, no, they're in a diner. They're in a diner off a road miles away, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Maybe a mile Maybe away. Maybe a while away, but they're not they're not on the runway. But what happens is this this racing plane pulls up and Howard Hughes hops out. He's like, hey guys, up. But they're like, hey, what's up with you? Oh, nothing, just you know. Saying hi. Want to drop something off. I have an exact plane like the make and model that you crashed in the first scene of this movie. Just. Right, right. I got it for you. I had it sitting around and I thought, you know who needs this? My buddy Cliff. Like, thanks for fighting those Nazis for me. Like. Way to go. Well, he doesn't say anything. He basically just pulls Cliff aside and is like, hey, what was it like to fly that rocket? He's like, it was the closest to heaven I'll ever get. And he looks back at Jenny and goes, maybe second closest. And I was just like, gag. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you got to brag about something to Howard Hughes, <laughs> that might be all you got. Who even knows? Um, and Howard's like, oh, hey, that's cool. It's great, man. It's awesome. And he just jumps in a car and drives off and leaves like, the plane in the middle of the road. Here's this plane. And they, uh, they, like, you see them pull off the sticker that says, like, pilot, Cliff, whatever Cliff's last name is. Yeah. And, like, um, and he also hands him a package of Beekman's gum. Yeah. He's like, here you go. Like, don't fly without this. Later. Yeah. So he knew about the Beekmans. Like, he's got some intel. So he designed a rocket. Yeah. That could only be fixed with Beekman's gum. Well, no, the outside, the hole, the hole is the only thing. But he designed a rocket knowing that if a bullet hits this rocket, it could be fixed with Beekman's gum. No, I think the beacon scum was just a reference to the fact that he always stuck it on his plane. Because, like, he stuck it on the tail of the plane, and actually, uh, Peavy sticks it on the, like, rear rudder of the plane, or of the jetpack for, for the first time. It's a luck thing. And so, it was just by luck that that wad of gun was on the plane, or was on the on the jetpack, that Peavy could use it to patch the hole. So, apparently, it was lucky. Never mind the fact that you the first want, time... You would want new gum to patch a hole and not old gum. I mean, maybe it was warm. Maybe. Mm. But yeah, Hughes drives off in the Plains Cliffs. Um, also, Jenny for Conley somehow ended up with the blueprints. She stole them from the Nazi room. She right. just put them in her, her bra. I like, guess. She didn't have any pockets. No. That, that's the only place she could stash something. So she folded it up really small, and she just, like, just put, it, put it in her bra. Yeah. I uh, guess. Kept it with her. It gives Peavy the blueprints. Is like, here you go. Like, you can build your own. I and got like, something for you. We'll set up the sequel. To which there was no sequel. Yeah. I, not that I'm aware of. Whew. And scene. I'm going to say thank God. I I mean... This movie was not terrible. It wasn't. It It was not terrible. There are some problematic parts, but also sometimes the problematic parts resolve themselves in non-problematic ways. Like... Yeah. Timothy Dalton's drugging and abducting a young girl. Everyone knows he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. And then she manages to reclaim some of her agency in that next scene. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, 
it's not super empowering the way she does it, but it is well conceived of like, yeah. this is the this is the way she's got to do what she's got to do. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this movie was fine. It was fine. It was it's of fine. its time. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. A real, a real uh, glowing look back on 1939 from 1991. Sure. What did we learn? Anything? Don't. Don't fly without Beekman's gum. Yeah. Uh. Random mobsters will immediately catch morals if you're like, "Hey, you're working for a Nazi." Yeah. Um. When... Cliff expected his uh, girlfriend to keep up on the news, even though she was like busy working. The ultimate why didn't you, you know why'd you leave me on red? Right. Why'd you leave me on red? Bitch left me on red. Hmm. You're like I have a job. Yep. I, I never get. I cannot like all of your Facebook posts. I mean, I only make like three months, so like you could right. probably. I mean, I could. You're tagged in most of them. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Directors and lead people in Hollywood be skeevy. Right. Possibly Nazis. Nepotism's always around. So is date rape. Yeah. Tale as old as time. Indeed. I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's just okay. And in the 1990s, it was more important to say no to drugs than it was to not murder people. Indeed it was. You can kill everyone you want graphically on camera, but you're going to get a PG for that cigarette. Mm-hmm. So please parent responsibly. Without cigarettes. <laughs>